You're listening to a message from Hope Central in Adelaide, South Australia. If you would like to know more about Hope Central or any of our ministries, please visit hopecentral.org.au. Today, we're talking about learning to rest. Learning to rest feels like a bit of a weird thing. It's a bit like learning to sleep. You feel like that should be really natural. But I find for me, it's not so natural. I'm actually not that good at resting. Is anyone else like that or is it just me? Okay. So there's a few people in here that are going to maybe talk after me that are good at resting. But today I want to talk about learning to rest. Um, This is something that we've been talking about as part of our How to Carry a Burden series. But I'm surprised how many of you are good at resting. So we'll just see how we go. All right. (laughs) I find that when I'm catching up with people um, and I'm asking them how they are, what, what's the answer that you guys seem to get all the time? Good is like the neutral, but I'm like, no, how are you really? Busy, tired, flat out. I was trying to look up like Aussie slang for flat out. It's flat out like a lizard drinking. Is that, is that real? I've never heard that. I'm going to say that. Yeah, flat out like a lizard drink. I feel like that... It's kind of um, of our culture and of our time. That's kind of the way that we feel. We feel really busy. We feel really tired. Things feel really hectic. I saw this meme. I think a lot of you have shared this meme that I've seen on Instagram. Adulthood is saying, but after that, after this week, things will slow down a bit over and over until you die. (laughs) Especially I find parents, parents are saying that as well, that things just constantly feel like there's another thing and there's another stage and then we have new things to do and new things to do and things just feel busy. This resonates with me more. When you go to reheat your coffee and you find a coffee you never had the chance to drink yesterday. (laughs) The other day, I went to the microwave and there was a pancake in there that I'd like heated heated the day before for my like sneaky mum snack, like with no kids looking at me. And I'd forgotten about it because I was chasing someone else. But I just feel like things just feel busy. Um... This is a picture on someone in a sprint class. Um, I have recently started going to the gym again and someone in this church loves sprint classes where you like go as hard as you can with this instructor for like 30 minutes. I thought that's a really good way for me to do exercise because, you know, it's 30 minutes, it's all done. 30 minutes, so easy. Like, so easy. I'm going to be fine. The problem (laughs) with me is um, I'm a little bit competitive. And it's not even competitive against people in the room. I have this competitive thing against myself that I just feel like I should be able to do just a little bit more. So (laughs) I go into this sprint class and the first one I'm going, the instructor's yelling quotes like, you can do this, this is your moment. I'm like, yeah. Um, And I get about 10 minutes in and I really think I'm going to vomit, like really, really bad. So I'm like going and then I was like, I'm just going to have to stop because I'd seriously almost passed out. And then the instructor gets off his bike, comes over, he's like, you can do better than this. I was like, oh my gosh, this is my first class. I'm going to vomit on you if you don't move out the way. And he's like, oh, yep, yep, sorry, sorry. Gets back on his bike, comes to the end. He's like, no, you're doing a really good job, I I promise. Like, anyway, so it terrified me, but I did go back. And I did learn some things about I didn't know how to pace myself. I, didn't, I just went really hard really early. I'm not very good at knowing how I'm going. Does that make sense? Like I feel like I'm doing fine, but I actually was way more tired than I thought. 
I'm also not that good at breathing. Like, also one of those things you feel like should just be a birth given. But no, I was holding my breath when I was writing. So things like that. There's all these things that I actually wasn't that good at that I needed to learn how to do from the start so that I could maintain. Does that make sense? It's not just about when I was exhausted, but it's about learning how my body needs me to be so that I can sustain the ride. And when I was in a sprint class the other week, um, (laughs) dying behind Sabrina, um, I was thinking about this and I was thinking about, you know, how we're called to run with endurance. That's what Hebrews says about us as Jesus followers. We're not called to run a sprint, even though I'm in sprint class. We're called to run a marathon, right? We're called, I love, um, Eugene Peterson has a book called, you know, Long Walk of Obedience in the Same Direction. It's not about doing a good job when we're young or at different times, but God wants us to walk with him with endurance all of our life. So I was thinking about that and I was thinking about how I actually have the same trouble, not just in spring classes, but in my, my general life, pacing myself. I seem to do this thing where I get really excited about ideas and about things going on and I'm passionate about what I do. I'm passionate about the church and team and all sorts of stuff. So I get really excited and I really book myself up and I spend all my time thinking and planning and I go really hard and then I usually crash because I I just can't maintain that even though I felt like it didn't feel wrong. Like I was excited about doing some stuff but I I went too hard and I crashed Um, and I started noticing I actually do do that a lot and when I started working, um, you know, full-time after uni, about a year in, I started to notice I was getting really bad mental fatigue because my work's not physical. It's, you know, thinking and talking and working with people. And and every week I was getting this kind of fog in my brain that I just am too tired. And someone said to me, you know, when I was whinging, hey, have you ever thought about how you rest? What do you do? How much time do you give? And I said things like, oh, you know, I watched some TV on a Saturday morning, pre kids. Um, you know, I, I had some ideas but I, I had never actually really thought about it. And I'd never thought about it as like a strategy that's going to keep me going. How do I rest? How much time do I give to it? How important is it is to me? And what does it look like? So that's what we're going to talk about today. So when I was looking into rest, one thing that came up a lot um, was talking about exhaustion and burnout. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have heard of burnout before, but it's like a, a clinical term, which is a state of ex- emotional and physical and mental exhaustion caused by excessive and prolonged stress. Um, and most of the stuff you can read about it is workplace burnout. You know, you've done a job a long time and you're just feeling exhausted. Um, but there's some other areas that they're starting to talk about it. Um, one of the things that came up when I was researching is the age that people are experiencing burnout is um, younger and younger. So nearly half of 18 to 29-year-olds in office jobs felt burnt out. And they're finding each year it's increasing by like 7% of young people feeling burnt out. Yeah, it's really changed. So signs of it are exhaustion, isolation, escape fantasies, irritability and frequent illness. So even high school students more and more are experiencing burnout. I felt like that as an 18-year-old. I really felt a lot of pressure to get things right, like to get my ATAR right and to get my 
I don't know, job right and to save enough to buy this and do that. I just, I felt by the time I was 18 exhausted. And I thought, oh my gosh, I have to live for like a long time. It's like a long time to go. And I, I really didn't know what to do. Um, the other thing that came up a lot was parent burnout. So this looks like exhaustion from the parent role, overload, loss of pleasure from parenting, stress and emotional distancing. This, I think, is really interesting because a lot of parents that I talk to feel like this. And parenting is one of those things like you don't get like a day off. Do you know what I mean? Like you you don't. And so to figure out, you know, if you have a job-related burnout, well, maybe you can take sick leave. Maybe you can do this. But parenting... More and more people are finding this and it's actually, I feel like it's quite a hard one to recover from because it's just still that stress ongoing, ongoing. This really worried me. Um, 93% of mothers reported feeling burnout occasionally, which was an increase of 7% from the year before. This was 2021. 43% they'll burn out frequently and 16% reported being burnt out all the time. So this is like a, a really big thing. A lot of people, when I was reading this, are talking about why. Why is it increasing? Why now? Why, what's going on? Um, obviously, people have been exhausted before, but this rate of increase is so massive. Um, one of the things I heard people talk about was technology. Okay. Is it technology? Is it because we're constantly accessible? Which one of these phones are you? <laughs> um so for us now, you know, we can do emails anywhere, you can work anywhere, you can research anywhere, you can bank anywhere, you can bank anytime. You know, there's all these things that it's hard for us to shut off because we're constantly accessible, we constantly feel like we need to be accessible. It's really hard for us to place limits of work is over there, you know, because I can email from home. Maybe it's that. Another thing that came up a bit when I was researching is that we um, now have everything open seven days a week, right? In God's original design, he talked about Sabbath. Genesis 2.2, he says, By the seventh day, God had finished the work he'd been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So even God, in the garden, no sin, nothing's wrong, he still had a day where he stopped. He stopped working and he rested. When he created, he breathed out and then he had a seventh day where he breathed in. And I think in our original design, we actually do need time off. We need, we're designed for that. And in Deuteronomy 5, he then gives it as a commandment. Observe the seventh day. He says, this is something that's for you. And interestingly, when I was listening um, to a sermon about this, it's not a commandment as in do this and, and you're saved for us. This is actually a gift. He's trying to say in your design, you actually do need one day off. You need some time off where you're not working and you have some limits. And this is a gift for you. You know, not something that makes us feel like um, that would earn our salvation, but it's a gift for us. You know, compared to other commandments, Sabbath is kind of like, oh, yeah, that's a nice suggestion. But, you know, if someone says, um, Lord said, don't lie, we're like, that's good to do. But Sabbath, sometimes we can kind of push down as not being as important or as helpful. Um, Sabbath is the way that we're designed to function. Um, Has anyone in here looked into what Jewish Jewish Sabbath look like? I was like, what do they do? Because they had kids too, right? Like, (laughs) you know, people had kids back then as well. So... 
I was listening to a sermon by Robert Morris about that, and he talks about, you know, they did things that helped their body learn it was time to rest. So they had, like, cues, like, now it's time we're stopping. Everyone stop. No more working. This is what we're doing. They had, like, leisurely meals where they hung out and they ate good food. They talked and they studied the word. They had a service, um, like a church service. They did leisurely activities like hobbies and games and walking. They had physical um, rest. Um, And they had things that they absolutely did not do. So I was like, oh, this is really helpful. So when I first was looking into this, also pre-kids, these are some things that I learned that were helpful for me for my time off. Number one, have some time off. That's good, isn't it? (laughs) Have some in your diary. So I would get out my diary and I would literally cross off like a day or maybe Friday night to like Saturday lunch. I'm not working and I'm not fixing the world on this part of the day. So that's the first thing. The second thing, leaving work, I would have like a kind of like a ritual so that my body would know I'm not working. So like I would close my diary and pack stuff away and just do something that would help me know it's time to stop. I have lists of things that I I wouldn't do, like, you know, I wouldn't do any paid work and I I wouldn't clean and I wouldn't um, do washing, things like that. Um, The next thing is being intentional with your time. So what I find when I have a day off is I pull out my phone and I spend like half of the day off like, you know, looking at stuff and researching things and and scrolling and actually it's not that helpful for me. So just being intentional with how am I spending my day. The next one I found really difficult, who here has hobbies? I didn't, I'm not good at having hobbies. And next one is having leisurely activity. I'm married to a hobbies man. We have plenty of options for hobbies that just don't interest me. Like, I'm not a golf girl, you know. I'm not going to shoot a bow and arrow and, you know, that sort of stuff. It's not my hobbies. So, um, I had to find something. And for me, like, I spent a lot of time in our garden and and pruning and that's become my um, hobby, which doesn't sound exciting, but I like it. Um, And the next one is spending leisurely time with God, praying and worshipping. I feel like in the week, you know, I I really try to... a little bit every day, um, you know, praying and reading the Bible, but having at least one time in my week where it's like having a meal with God, you know, not just rushing through the word, not just um, rushing through a prayer, but like sitting and waiting and listening and giving myself permission to be there as long as I need to. And the next one is remember, it's time to enjoy, right? So God's giving us time off to enjoy. Enjoy the gifts he's already given us. Enjoy our families. Enjoy our kids. Enjoy his blessing. So these are good things. So I was doing these for quite a while, but I still felt in myself not that rested. Like I actually struggled with the time off a lot more than I expected. Um, And I thought to myself when I was wrestling through this, with, yeah. I want you to ask yourself if you have a Sabbath each week. And I was wrestling with how it didn't really refresh me as much as I would hope. I realised that Jesus was talking to Jewish people about entering rest and they already had a day off, right? These were people that took it so seriously, like there was a penalty of death if you did not get this properly. No pressure, right? You have your day off, but they still had some kind of burden that Jesus was talking to them about in Matthew 28. I really like um, this message version. Um, It says, are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. 
Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. A real rest. He's promising a real rest. One of the things that I, as I was tracking this and I was going, okay, so what is getting in the way of me just sitting and being? And I noticed that if my house is messy, I really struggled to sit. I don't know if anyone else is like that, but I had, I don't know, I just felt like I've got to get that done first and then I'll have a rest. Got to get that done, then I'll have a rest. And I felt like the Lord said to me, why? What's wrong? What, what, what does the mess mean to you? And I felt like if my house was messy, it meant that I wasn't doing a good enough job looking after it, if I'm real. That's what it was saying to me, that you're not doing a good enough job looking after what I've given to you. It was like a, a sign of you're not doing good enough. You're actually not okay. And I realised that that's not walking in rhythms of grace, right? That's me needing to do everything to make sure that I look acceptable to people or look acceptable to God. A real rest is thinking about the grace of the Lord. When Jesus was speaking this verse um, to people, he's speaking to Jewish people that, as Candice was talking about before, believed the law, right? We work and we do the right thing so then God will be happy with us then he will smile at us. You know, I've got to get everything right and then I will be okay. But the rhythms of grace is that Jesus died for you after he lived a sinless life. He was absolutely perfect and he died for us so that we are now covered in his righteousness. We are now accepted by the Father because Jesus was perfect. So it's not about me having a super amazing house or doing an amazing job at work and my boss was like, you're amazing. It's not about that. It's actually about the thing that gives my soul rest is being able to look at my life and look at what I've been given and say, it's good. But the only way I can do that is to realise it's good because God's made it good because God's had grace on me. And the thing is, I think part of our unrest is just not feeling like that we're okay, like that we have to do more, we have to be more, we have to get things right. You know, I'm someone that feels quite a, a weight of, you know, purpose and, and driven and I feel like, you know, I could always do more. I could always do more to help and, and to love and to serve and Sometimes God's saying, you know, it's actually not about what you're doing. I love you because you're my kid, right? Because of Jesus, God looks at us and says, you're my son who I'm well pleased. Not because I did, I got a really good ATAR at one point, you know. I don't know, no one cares. Like, it's not because of those things that feel like they make me feel okay about me. I need to feel okay about me because the father smiles at me. The Father smiles at me, right? Soul rest is feeling okay with me. I was um, listening to this interview. I can't remember. Someone was interviewing Oprah. And she was saying how every single person she has ever interviewed, from like 12-year-old geniuses to Barack Obama, at the end of the interview, they always turn to her and go, was that okay? 
Was that okay? Because we all have this deep need to um, be told we're okay in us, that we have value, that we're known and, and we're accepted. Oh, am I accepted? Am I loved? That is what we all crave. But the problem is the way we try and get it in our own, in our own flesh is we do more and more and more and then we think, am I okay? You know, people are happy with me. Maybe that's yours. Or I've worked a lot and I've made a good amount of money. We've got good savings. Whatever it is, unfortunately, if we do in our own strength, there will never be enough. I'm never going to earn enough money. Oh, pain my teeth. Earn enough money so that I am absolutely financially secure ever. Because you never know what could happen, right? God is the only one that can protect us and provide for us. I'm never going to be perfect enough that everyone in my world is 100% happy and excited about me all the time. No, no. I can't hold that responsibility for every single person to be okay in my life because of what I do. I, I can never do enough for that to happen because life happens to me and life happens to other people. That's not a responsibility I can carry, but God can. So soul rest is being able to come into God's presence knowing that he's smiling at me and I can lay down my burdens, right? I can come in, he smiles at me and says, he doesn't even just say, you're okay, you're okay. He says, you're amazing, you're amazing. I'm so happy you're with me. I'm so happy you're my kid. I don't know if I can say this because I'll cry, but um, when Mel was leading, I just heard him say, there's a line of a song we both love that says, you're proud to be seen with me. You will come with me wherever. You're prou- He's proud to be seen with you because of what Jesus has done, not because you've done a really amazing job. He's proud of you because of Jesus. And we can come to him and we can lay our lives down and know that he is a faithful Lord. You know, one of the things I, I find when I, you know, even in me and when I talk to other mums is, you, you really want your kids to be okay, right? You, you want them to be okay. So you, I think some of the burnout for me is thinking a lot about what can I do for them? What can I do for them? How can I provide enough? What can I do? But I can't enter soul rest in that place. I, I actually cannot be enough to protect a child all the time. Like they're going to leave. I'm also just a human. I have some stuff that sucks. You know, like I'm never going to be enough. So to enter soul rest when I'm struggling with that, I have to enter the Father's presence and say, Jesus, Father, I'm really worried about this. Have your way. And the way of grace is that he doesn't cover that and make it okay because I ticked all the boxes, you know. I didn't give them cereal for dinner, you know, whatever it is, because that happens a lot. Um, <laughs> it's not because of that. He's, he covers us with grace because that's his way of grace, do you know what I mean? Like, it's not just because, you know, I have this thing of like, this lie that comes in. It's a bit of what Candice was saying is, you know, my, I have to make sure I've absolutely budgeted well and then God will bless my finances. And I believe that, that we need a steward, but I don't believe he only blesses me because I budgeted well. Do you know what I mean? The grace is because he is full of grace. The rhythm of unmerited favour I love that way. So grace is unmerited favour. Rhythms of grace is rhythms of unmerited favour, which we have because of Jesus, right? Not because of us. 
Hebrews um, 4.9 says, Then a Sabbath rest for people of God, for anyone who enters God's rest, also rests from their own works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will perish following their example of disobedience. Every effort. And then in 12.1 he says, Therefore we are all surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin so that easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Can you see with this language, every effort, throwing off, the very active things to do. And I, I believe that God wants us to take this seriously. If you're feeling exhausted, I don't think that that's his plan for us all the time. You know, we have seasons where we get burnt out almost like an injury and he calls us in to be healed and to restore us gradually. You might not feel amazing straight away, but I don't believe that the life I'm called to live is just being hectically busy all the time and not strategic and not, you know, living in grace. I believe that he wants me to enter his real rest because that's what he calls us to in Matthew 28. What for you? What gets in the way of your soul resting? So is that underlying murmur that makes you feel a bit agitated, if you feel that like I have, is it about a pressure to provide, um, working enough to make sure you have what you need? Is it a pressure to achieve, making sure that you're okay? Do you feel really responsible for others? That's one that for me, because it's hard to pull apart, you know, we're, we're called to love and serve, but we're not called to carry everyone ourselves. Can you lay that down for God? Is it making sure... Um, People are happy. People pleasing is the way people say it sometimes, you know. Is it hard for you to say no sometimes because you want to make sure people are, you know, happy and that you feel okay in your relationships? Sometimes the reason that we're so tired is not just the things that we're doing, but it's the weight and the pressure that we carry as we go into them, you know. Work feels so much more exhausting when you are terrified of losing your job. You know, if you're terrified of losing your job and terrified of losing your house and all these pressures and anxieties, work is so much more draining than just going in to serve and love your company and God's going to look after you. Like, they're totally different experiences. Sometimes it's not just how busy we are. Sometimes it's this extra weight. And then sometimes this extra weight makes us really busy. You see how it can be either? We both need to have time off and make sure we're protecting that. But we also need to think about why is our life making us so weary sometimes? I can rest because my Father will provide for me. The Lord approves of me. I'm not the saviour of the world. The Lord is. And the only one whose opinion matters is pleased with me. Um, another thing that he says is, see, um, earlier than he says that verse we're talking about before, he talks about the way the Father works. He talks about things being, um, sorry, I'll just go, yes, that's the way you like to work in the father-son relationship. Jesus resumed talking to people now tenderly and says, the father has given me all these things to do and say, it's a unique father-son operation coming out of father-son intimacies and knowledge. Jesus had rhythms that we can watch and learn from. You know, he frequently withdrew with the father. He had this close relationship with him. He also says that he's the Lord of the Sabbath. He didn't actually say, you don't need that anymore. He says, this is still a gift for you. 
But the other operation that I have been really marked by in the last two years is that Jesus lived a life led by, um, by the Father and by the Spirit. Yes, Father, that's the way you work. Um, you know, I just feel like in our world, and I'm, I'm sure in other times too, there are so many things that we can do. You know, there's so many things that we can commit to. Like I can work more, work less, um, I don't know, study something, serve here, do that. Like there are a million options. I can take up a real hobby. I could, I don't know. There's lots of things that I could do, but it's actually the thing that I have found gives me the life that feels the most energizing and the most balanced is in those seasons where I feel like the direction of the Lord is clear to do this and to do this and you're allowed to say no to that. And someone might be a bit sad about that, but that's actually not your worry. Do you know what I mean? Yes, you can serve in this part of the church and this is your, um, you know, I'm really blessing that on you and, you know, I will work hard, but I'm not going to serve on every single roster, right? We literally can't do everything. Um, and that rhythm is, is really hard to get right. And a few of us were talking about this a little while ago is, you know, how do you know when it's your season to push and to work hard and, and to go forward? And how do you know when it's your season to do less and recover? And there's all these rhythms that we actually through our life have to figure out. And I really believe it's having the relationship with the Holy Spirit um, and to come into the presence of God with an openness of heart, letting him say, actually, you want to do that because that makes you feel really special or you want to do that because you're really, really worried about blah, 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 and that's mine. Like letting God speak to you and discern why you want to do what you do. We were talking about in this conversation, even in Genesis 8, you know, um, Noah landed the boat after the flood he didn't get out straight away. I didn't know that. He waited a week in the boat and then God says, get out. And he got out. You know, there's, through, this, through the Bible, you will see story after story after story of people listening to the voice of the Lord um, and responding in obedience. And then that coming to great, incredible stories of the Lord's victory. Living in rest is about following the Lord. And I think one thing that I've learned is we do need Sabbath. We really, I think that we do. And I think that if in your family you're really struggling to have time off, I think that's actually like a family thing you might want to have a chat about and figure out how even you can spend some time either together as a family or alone resting. But I think that it's not just about that external thing of stopping. It's about thinking first about the internal and what's getting in the way for you in just being able to lay your life down to the Lord or, or stop some of those things that feel really um, anxiety-provoking. And the other thing that I've found since I, you know, have laid down my schedule and said, like, okay, I want to try and do what God leads me to do, you know, like Jesus did. It was amazing. Um, some things don't matter as much to God as they do to me. And, you know, his grace kind of helps us reshape what's a priority and, and what, um, what should be the forefront you know, and having those conversations with the Lord as well. A lot of our life is not black and white, you know, it's grey. And even, you know, figuring out how do I have time off with now two small kids, I had to have conversations with Jesus and also with people in our community about, okay, how can I make this work for me? I can't, like, um, I was about to say something bad. I can't, like, just put them outside, like, for my day so that I can, you know, chill out. People don't like that. <laughs> no, I don't like that either. 
I can't do that. I have to figure out what is the way that God um, is calling us to rest as a family now in this season. And sometimes there's grace for like me to go by myself and sometimes there's things going on so I can't. And, and sometimes, you know, we do more things outside. I don't know. God's just been amazing to show us even like what activities help us feel kind of connected and okay. Like God's amazing. Like if you surrender this, this, you know, your structure of your life and how you rest in your soul, like he is so faithful. And I've just seen that again and again and again. Um, so if you're, you know, willing, um, if you're feeling really agitated and really exhausted and you're willing to speak to God about it, I just, I really believe that he will be faithful to you and to speak to you and maybe to heal you if you're feeling really burnt out and really exhausted or, you know, have some lies that you're believing about you. I, I really believe that he can heal you and he will. The times that I've burnt myself out the worst is when I've stepped outside my lane and not done what God's called me to do and picked up someone else's journey. And, you know, I just, that's about me making sure I feel okay and doing what I think is important. I want to do what God asks me to do. Um, we're going to have um, the band come up, Rodrigo and Mel, I don't know if the whole band, they're going to come up and do a song that will be quite quiet just for you to have a sit and just talk to God about it. Talk to him about what you need to do. You might need to receive his grace for the first time. Like you might have never experienced the salvation and the rest that we're talking about from Jesus. And this might be your time to respond and say, Jesus, I want your way. Um, you might have never received his spirit and you're like, what are you? And, you know, Candace Mel talking about that you're hearing from the Lord. Like um, we believe that once, you know, Jesus has adopted us and covered us, he gives us the gift of his spirit and that his spirit speaks to us and it's available for you as well. Um, it might be just to let the spirit speak to you if you hear from the Lord, just about, you know, what do you need to lay down today? What's getting in your way of resting and breathing and being with him. It might be that you need some healing from things that are getting in the way um, of you listening to the Lord or responding to him. And it might be forgiveness for putting things first. So um, Rodrigo, just play. And we just want you to close your eyes and I'll just pray for a moment. King of the universe, we love you. We thank you that you are full of grace and truth. Our King Jesus, we thank you that you came with the full love of the Father and that you came and did his will by laying down your life so that we could receive your righteousness, the Father's acceptance, your grace. Oh, we're so grateful, Jesus, that you did this for us. We thank you for your salvation. We thank you for your spirit just now, I really would like you to ask the Lord, what are you saying to me? And just give it a moment. What are you saying to me?
Holy Spirit, we pray for a, a word from you. We pray for your truth that cuts through bone and marrow. We pray that we can receive and listen to the voice of the Father who looks at us and says, it's good. Who looks at us and says, this is my son who I'm well pleased. Who looks at us with a smile, not because we did anything, but because you love us and you have redeemed us. Let us respond in obedience to your word, Lord God. Let us breathe you in and rest in your presence. Rest in your grace. Rest in your provision. And take the pressure of, you know, holding our worlds together out of our hands and take your real rest. Lord God, we give you authority and we thank you, Lord, that you are with us. You are grace. I really believe the Lord is still speaking to us and Mel's just going to lead us in a really quiet song and I don't know if you want people just to sit even or you just sit in um, for a moment and let the Lord speak to you and see what he has to say to you and just breathe him in. You've been listening to a message from Hope Central in Adelaide, South Australia. If you want more information about who we are, visit us at hopecentral.org.au or join us for Sunday worship at any of our three campuses.